here at the Walt Disney Company, it's kind of fun to do a podcast. Oh, is that it? I was ready for a speech. I had gotten mm-hmm. comfortable in my seat. I was ready to hear a full manifesto. Um, that's all you had to say. Sydney, we're going to do like five speeches in this okay. episode. I can't blow one of them on okay, the Okay, say, say it again for me here at the Walt Disney Company. It's really fun to do a podcast. It's kind of fun to okay. do the podcast. Based off the kind Walt of? Disney quote, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. Oh, I didn't, I was, un, maybe I'm a bad Disney fan. I, I was, I was unfamiliar with, with that quote. <laughs> I mean, it's not a very specific one to be fair. <laughs> I weirdly had trouble finding a Walt Disney quote that mostly talks about the Walt Disney right. Company. Like, say what you want about the man. He was very good at giving, Completely like, sort of abstract quotes. Like, sound bites, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of the energy you need if you're, like, a turn-of-the-century sort of right. business mogul All of his guy. quotes are like, I like dreaming in the future and innovation. <laughs> like, that's yeah. all he ever had to say. It, yeah, it's like... <laughs> right? It's like a Willy Wonka energy you need right. to have. So people are like, oh, you're charming and lovable and not like a you're a, you know, well, no, they still say well, that yeah. about Walt Disney. But yeah, not to be like, your amount of wealth is a moral right. sin on this earth. <laughs> Welcome to the Disney desk, and everyone. I'm, I'm Carter. And as we looked at the calendar for this month, we looked at, um, we looked at August 13th and realized something very, very special. That's right. Today, or this week, August 13th, as you said, is our one-year anniversary of this iteration of the Disney Desk. Woo! Happy anniversary to us. Happy anniversary, Carter. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Yes, um... A whole calendar year ago, in August, you and me sat down at your place and recorded what would be the first three, well, four, and then we lost the audio for one, uh, (laughs) episodes of the Disney Desk. Um, Our Disney Adults episode, our Lightyear episode, our I Am Groot episode, and then we had to re-record the Script Doctors one for Lightyear. For Lightyear. Which, which, like, in hindsight, I'm like, gee, we really tortured ourselves with Lightyear. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of wild that that was one of our first episodes. Right. Because, like, I feel like you and me have a pretty sunny disposition toward most things. Even stuff we don't like, like Zootopia, we, I feel like we give it the benefit of the doubt and at least try to approach it from, like, an even keel. Like, well, we can see what they're going for. But, like, that we were just like, fuck this. There's a small handful. (laughs) There's a small handful of things that we have been, like, violent towards. And it's probably light year. The Lorax, which is on our Patreon, and yes, Luck of the which Irish. We we're actually drunk for. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Luck and of the like, Irish. Yeah. But at least we had fun with that. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that literally an entire cat, ca- like it's literally the meme of the guy sort of like blinking and shaking his head right. and time passing. <laughs> we went through a whole year, and you know what? Because we talk a lot about pomp and circumstance right. and like, sort of pageantry, we decided we were going to do a whole episode where we kind of just talk about where we are, kind of like talk about our feelings on the podcast. Right. And most importantly, sit down and interview ourselves. Right. Give ourselves the hard questions about where we feel the podcast is going a year in. Right. Yeah. There's, 
There's so much to think about. I think we, you know, Carter and I are the only two people that work on this show. We're, we do a lot right. of work. And I, I would say that, like, we are doing something podcast-related every day of the week. Like, there's there's something to be done just about every day of the week between the two of us. And so we, like, we're... All of our planning is about, like, what's immediately next, what's immediately next, what's coming up next week, what's coming up next week. And it's like, yeah, we... It, it would be nice to, um, of like, today of all days, to, like, reflect on, you know, how far we've come with our technique in running the show, but... And also, um, and also project into the future of, like, what is possible for us going forward and... You know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a Disney podcast if we didn't dream. <laughs> yes, you know, I I do think that like, I, well, I'll save the speech making for later. Okay. But it does feel appropriate that um, <laughs> in a year where Disney is very introspective about its history, we have an opportunity to be introspective about our history. Right, right. We have a lot to talk about. But before we get started, you know, it's the late summer, you know, you're looking for something to do during the dog days. Right. Sydney, want to go to the movies? Yeah, let's go to the movies. She called me a fascist. I don't control the rails or the podcast. <laughs> Honestly, one of the most underrated jokes in the film. <laughs> I, It's another one of those ones where you're just sitting somewhere, like I'm just staring out the window, wondering where it all went wrong as I eat my cereal, and then I go, I don't control the rails Railways or commerce. Or and I the flow of commerce. <laughs> and I just can't stop laughing. Um, yes, so this week... For let's go to the movies. Um, this is sort of brought by. This is sort of um, audience. Well, it's probably audience demand, but it's also Sydney demand. Um, she has seen this movie five times, and I <laughs> sort of kept dragging my feet. Not because I didn't want to, but because literally every single yeah. damn screening was full until a random innocuous Wednesday. I literally saw this yesterday, and I believe I messaged you. You know what? Fuck it. And then we Barbie. enter Barbie, <laughs> enter gif of man throwing chair. <laughs> yes, we are finally talking about Barbie. I have been the meme of like, you know, the, that meme that's like when you haven't told somebody you're vegan in like two minutes and it's the kid with like the veins like the bulging veins. out of his forehead. <laughs> Yes. That has been me sitting on this. Now, for those of you that are members of our Patreon, even there, I have I have been like more va- like I've talked about Barbie on our notes from the host segment that we do on Patreon. Um, but I've been I I've been I've been good. I I didn't like completely word vomit everything, but I still want to talk about it. The last one was 13 minutes, Nicole. Okay, but I didn't say anything about the plot. I was just talking about my experience watching a movie f- five times. Um, you know, like Glass Houses, my last one was 25 about the turtles. So. It sure was, yeah. So, like, let's, like, come on now. 
But yes, um, I like, okay, just to give you guys a cue inside baseball, because I realize we have to play all the hits on this episode. Yeah. Um, like that and the like weird little like quiet woos we do. Where it's like, <laughs> why, are we doing, why are they doing that? I don't know. Um, but yes. So like I was preparing this episode being like, oh, we'll probably just, like, we won't have a side topic. We'll just do the episode because it's the anniversary episode. You know, we'll cut to the chase. And Sydney goes, we have to talk I about Barbie. I demand it. Like, yes. So, like, we're talking about Barbie. Uh, Sydney, can you please return my cat safely and peacefully? Um, we'll see. We'll see. The guy who you hired to stay outside my house, can you please tell him to leave? It's very well, in time. getting the mail. In time, Okay. Okay. um so this movie well one are we spoiling things are we getting too into spoilers are we talking broadly if you haven't seen barbie at this point it's your own fault for okay you know what it has been about a month it's been about three and a half weeks i feel comfortable that if you don't want to hear the spoilers i will put the timestamps in the description and you can just skip over right otherwise you can hear you like if you're on twitter like, you've probably heard and seen a lot of this anyway. I will say, to the credit of everyone, I appreciate that they did not spoil that much on Twitter. Right. Partially because it is a hard film to spoil because you have to sit down and breathlessly recount context... like a lucid dream. Right. Yes. <laughs> the context is insane. I mean, like, do my, do my, the tweets that I have been making... <laughs> Like are making more sense. Somebody else was like, "Okay, I just saw Barbie, and I'm now I'm understanding what you yes. what you mean by I went to the doctor, I went to the mountains, <laughs> and yeah, because I keep singing that all day long, and I tweeted that several times. I just what I like. I <laughs> can't process. Like it does. It literally feels like you eat something that your body doesn't know how to process. Like we are Ebenezer like, Scrooge. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Wait. Okay. We need to. We need okay, to slow let's bring down. It in. We we are we are weirdly Here's, in the deep end already. Like you know. Okay. Let's 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 talk. Let's talk for real. Let's talk story. Let's talk plot. Or or let me just say let let's talk theming because. Yes. There's, like, a lot of discord. I, I hate to say that certain people are wrong about what they got from a film, but certain people are wrong. I'm not. For the for, <laughs> for the Barbenheimer stuff, I am more than willing to. Like, <laughs> that, like, certain people are like, this movie is about this, and I'm like, it super's not. It, it's not about that. Um, I, You've I, seen it five times. You speak from authority. I really do at this point. I mean, I recently saw somebody online say that barbie was about or he he believed that barbie was about people realizing that they are not their romantic partners or or like people finding individuality from their romantic partners and i'm like and he 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 specifically referred to this as the central theme of barbie and i'm like what movie did you watch it is a theme but it's like horror it's like a side quest that it's not even (laughs) like no here no. The the theme of Barbie is that um is that the reality of womanhood is is the demand that you are to be everything to everyone 
impeccably and as hard as you try, it will never be good enough. And that even something that is just supposed to be like the representation of a woman over the last how many decades has um, been no exception to that that demand. And and that is completely true. I mean, like when I'm when I think about the doll itself, like the actual toy. And and granted, you know, like now we have we have Barbies in every shade in in varying amounts of abilities, um, in in every like gendered expression, um, size like bo- the body sizes of of Barbies. We need all of that, but Barbie has always had to like come up against massive criticism and and then has had to like bend and weave with it in order to stay quote unquote likable and feminist. And yes, like and f- quote unquote feminist. And it's like, yeah, like the expectation on women is always to be liked, that that it's that we are supposed to want to be liked and we are supposed to want every everyone to be happy with what and who we are and this this toy has like suffered the same thing and it's like so now all these thing pieces are coming out that are like is barbie a feminist icon or not like and i'm like Yes, she was always a feminist icon from from her inception. Her she was invented so that little girls could imagine themselves as adults as something other than a mother or a housewife. All children's toys up until that point, so excuse me, all girls toys up until that point were baby related or like kitchen housekeeping related. Boys toys were like firefighter, police officer, like astronaut, things like that. And so Barbie was the first like adult projection for little girls that was just like literally anything else and I don't know again she's just the perfect example of that not being good enough of whatever specifically she is why 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 does why does every woman have to be perfect and and this doll has like it could could not be more you know on the nose of 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 that same plight if you will that is the core of barbie of the barbie movie i'm gonna do them being like yep here's a blank Mm -hmm. check do whatever you want and having actors and actresses fall over themselves to, like, get to work on their madcap vision. Mm-hmm. It is wild that all three of them kind of, at the same time, made these big kind of epics in the desert where it's kind of like sitting in a desert and trying to figure out what it's all about. And also, they're all kind of about COVID if you're willing to squint your eyes really hard. And all of them are, like, really layered movies where you can get a lot of different themes for them. They have right. different avenues and directions you can be like, I see this. Like, mm-hmm. they're art, Pete. They're art. They are genuinely oh, art in that question. sense. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I love, one of my favorite moments in the movie is Ken coming to the real world and having, like, his version of the 2001 music play as he just sees guy stuff. Right. Horses specifically. I love that sequence where it's like, men, men, men. But, <laughs> like, it's just so insane. <laughs> I, I also didn't think about horses as a men thing. Neither did I. <laughs> because it's like, horse girls, it's a genre. That's right. A um, whereas I like to respect horses from a distance because I don't trust any animal that's bigger than me that could theoretically kill me very that's easily if I upset smart. it. Which is why I keep deer, the majestic deer at a distance as well. But anyway, America Ferreira has this incredible speech, and I'm bawling, even though it doesn't like it doesn't directly speak to me at all because I just think of the weight of it all mm-hmm. and just like, like how overwhelming, like all of yeah. it is, and how insane we just do this all the time. Right. Yeah. But you're you're right. Like this is, this is true art in the. Yeah, it has many different avenues. I mean, like, if if what I if if America Ferrera's speech is the like actual thesis, like at the bare minimum, it's it's side it's its main side avenue is that um, a culture that favors one type of person is harmful, <laughs> is harmful, right? And that's what yeah. Barbie Land is. It was it, that was harmful to Ken's. It was just. Like, when men are disenfranchised in film and television, it's just kind of played for laughs. Yeah. Um, and that's what we have here. Yeah. I also... I God, what a... What a... What a... For me, it's also just, like, even beyond, like, the theming, just how insane a movie it is in terms of, yes. like... Like, because it's like, okay, so we're doing a Lego movie thing where it's meta. It's like there's a real world and there's a toy world. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, it goes deeper than that. All the toys know their toys. And yeah, they live in a little degree. bubble where right. they high-five themselves being like, well, we, we solved did feminism. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great job, everyone. Now we just get to have happy days for eternity. Right. Yeah, we're all retired. <laughs> we did our job. Like, it has that Toy Story energy of, like, they have their own little bubble where they have, mm-hmm. like, you know... Where they never have to change or grow and everything's going to stay the same. Right, exactly. And then, God, this is a movie where I wish I wrote down notes just because it's so, like, overwhelming. But the one thing I was thinking about is, like, so Warner Brothers is also 100 this year. You wouldn't know it because they're setting themselves on fire. Right. More so than any other studio during the strike system. Right. If I was them... I would go all in on presenting, because Disney has been very adamant about, like, Wish. Wish is our 100th anniversary film. Right. It's our centennial film. It is what all of this has been building up to. And this is how we're celebrating our 100th year. If I'm Warner Brothers, I would just get out in front and be like, this is our centennial film. Yeah. Because in so many ways, it embodies what, okay. like, I think Warner Brothers is or Wait. should be. We, have, we literally have the same notes all the time. Like, I was going to say, if there was ever such a thing as, like, Warner Brothers magic... <laughs> it's it's encapsulated into this film like this this is a super warner brother and like i feel like disney is the only company that has like thematic identity like magic and right. wishing and things like that and i've never thought about warner brothers in that context until i saw this movie and i was like oh i recognize this as warner brothers <laughs> like for right. so many different reasons for this like for the blending of mediums when we have these like 2d elements of the film for like, for these practical sets, 
oh my gosh, mm-hmm. for hand-painted practical sets. <laughs> Um, And then, like, they're just, like, unabashed use of, like, slapstick physical comedy. There's even a a Wizard of Oz reference. (laughs) Yeah, it's very Wizard of Oz-y. And it is tricky because so much of figuring out what Warner Brothers' identity is, it's like, well, a lot of their most iconic films they kind of bought, like, MGM had Wizard of Oz, and then Warner Brothers just bought it. Right, yeah. Mostly to fuck with Disney. Right. Because Disney was trying to get that damn film for decades. But, um... But like, and I sat down and thought of it and I'm like, for Disney, I have such a clear vision of their aesthetic and their theme mostly being centered around animation. Mm -hmm. Whereas like Warner Brothers in its most ideal form is sort of like the champion of- The Looney Tunes? Yeah. Hollywood. Right. Well, Looney Tunes, but also Golden Age Hollywood. Correct. Like, and this film is dripping Golden Age Hollywood. From like, they sort of like nonchalant deadpan humor mm-hmm. where all the characters talk to these intricate sets with elaborate like visual gags and right. like visual panache to these and not incredible to mention the choreography, baby. <laughs> yes. Extraordinary, <clears throat> truly extraordinary, both dance and like comedic choreography built around just like showing off what we can do when we have enough people in a room and yes. just tell them to make magic. Right. It's, like, it's such a Warner Brothers thing to, like, break away from the story to, like, just put people on a stage and make them do a song and dance. Like, right. that big, that grandstand, like, performance with, like, costumes and everything, like, that is yes. old Hollywood. Yeah, but, like, and, like, you get someone like Greta Gerwig to just inject it with modernness, right. so it has this elaborate, like, gender commentary it has all these meta elements Mm -hmm. on top of it and like what would have been subtext in the 40s is now text Mm. where we're constantly underlining the homoeroticism of everything yes right exactly Um, like i literally had stars in my eyes when we go from the kens all fighting on a beach to doing this like they're on a sound stage. Yes. Like, I love, look, I'm such a, I'm such a, pardon my language, but I'm such a slut for theatrical, right? theatricality. I love when movies lean into, like, this is based off theater. Make it more like right. theater. And that, we have them just on a big sound stage dancing. So much of this film reminds me of White Christmas. Like, but, but that's oh, kind of the that. epitome of, like, White Christmas is the epitome of, like, let's sing a song right now with a big production. Like, yeah, here we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, audience, I did like a stretch out oh, my Oh, yes, hands. He, he did it. I realized we're in an audio meeting. Right, but I saw it and I appreciated it, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, this that this show's for us. Hype. That's the moral of this of, episode. Yeah, happy one year. Like, we do this for us and us alone. <laughs> yeah. Getting getting money from this is incidental at this point. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, and, like, especially the ending. And I know we're kind of just saying stuff, like, we're not going through any, like, strict form here. Right. But, like... It truly is incredible, the ending of this movie, is literally just two people on a soundstage as, like, color and image appear, mm. and they just talk about, like, what it means to be a person. Mm-hmm. And, like, my brother once described, like, you know, seeing, uh, seeing La La Land, and he's like, and I like this a lot more than he liked La La Land, but, like, he talked about, like, the opening being such a triumphant musical, like, celebration of music and, like, film Mm -hmm. that he couldn't help but burst into tears even though it wasn't even inherently emotional which is me just looking at this like barbie land and just seeing all of these like people interact and like seeing like the wonders we can put on screen and then he talked about the ending of that movie bringing him to tears because it's this expressionist piece of like emotion and Mm -hmm. like humanity and 
like I'm having a good time in this movie. I'm like I'm like I'm all in, and I'm like this is a damn good movie. And then we get to that ending, right? Where, what is the line? Um, we mothers stand still so our daughters can see how far they've come. Mm-hmm. And I am just I'm like <laughs> oh the tears I ordered are here. <laughs> Let me make sure all of them are here so I don't have to ask Amazon to resend them. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, isn't like, that a punch in the gut? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, this, like, again, that's what, like, if we're not trying to do this with filmmaking, what the fuck are we doing? Right. Like, if this isn't what Hollywood should be, then we're just wasting, we're just running in circles. Right. You know, like, I, I've, like, I've again, I've seen this five times, like, I, um, I, I get teary at the, at the beginning of this. Um, out of just like sheer enjoyment um, right. of like when Barbie Land opens because it's just one of those things where it's like I'm just enjoying this so much like like you're right like what, what your brother said is like it's not inherently emotional but like this is just filling me with joy like because right. we when we open to Barbie Land and we're seeing these toys and like they have this song by Lizzo that that sounds like a commercial jingle like she right. wrote a commercial jingle like essentially she, she right and it's and i'm like, like man i wish i saw this a week ago because my brain would be slightly less distracted right now <laughs> right i know where i'm like ah oh, jeez. right but um i think i think my favorite part of all of this is like i mean yes this is a fabulous film but i love like that in so many women it's like reignited our love of Barbie first of all like in every single time I've seen this movie it has been all people completely decked out in pink head to toe Mm -hmm. and it's like and in in most of the times that I've seen it it was a theater packed with all women like of of all age groups and something about that was so much fun like I just loved seeing like the girlies get together to like do the same thing at the same time something just like feels good about that I, I just love that we all are like low-key bonding like over a barbie movie i don't know but um how many moments do we get like a shared cultural moment anymore so few and far between person right so few and far between and i and i love that it's like in homage to barbie who like for those of you that know me like i I was a I I was a Barbie girl growing up. Like I mean, I was a doll person in general. Dolls were probably my number one mm-hmm. played with toy. But like, Barbies were everything to me. And like, I I I love that. Like, adults are getting back into like doll collection. Like, there's this whole community of like adult doll collectors. Like, it's like a thing. It's a it's a, and so I I at the bare minimum, I just love that this is like re inspired us grown ups. Um, to, like, return to this, like, inspirational figure that we just are in love with, and, yeah. I mean, I think one of the mantras of our podcast really has been, like, embrace joy, Mm -hmm. like, challenge cynicism. And, like, I would argue this film is, like, one of the purest concepts of that, because it's about, like, celebrating old Hollywood. It's about embracing sort of, like, pure madcap joy of, like, a Hollywood film. You, like, you don't mm-hmm. need to be cynical. You don't need to be jaded. Just enjoy people performing on a set. Right. Like, it is, you know, 
no one is embarrassed to be in this movie. Like, when all of, like, these, like, guys in suits are chasing Barbie and doing this perfect toy-esque choreography, they're all, like, all... You could tell every single one's bought in. And the audience has bought in. And something about all of us just coming together and having an un... Like, in this, like, in these times and places, just having, like, pure, unabashed joy and fun Mm -hmm. and... Like having a sincere comedy in theaters exactly is nothing right. short of beautiful, right? And the, I'm glad you brought that up. And like we're gonna we're gonna finally leave the theater soon. Don't worry. Like we're 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 getting yeah. back to the episode. I, but did like, we say anything coherent during this last twenty minutes? No, that there's no, like, and if you've seen Barbie, you would understand that there is like we just you just have to say what's on your mind, okay? Right, um, Barbie is Barbie, which is also a part of the movie. What more do you need to know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm kind of more of an Alan. But, but well, you know. Anyway, um, I was going to say that, like, I think one of my favorite sort of, like, mini themes of this movie is that, like, as, like, I think it's so easy to blame our world's problems on, like, big, bad corporations, but perhaps those corporations are much more neutral than we, <laughs> than we yeah, recognize. And that's, I kind of love that that's sort of injected in there, like, the sort of buffoonery of the, of Mattel, <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, like, it's kind of interesting because obviously Mattel had to give the thumbs up for all of this. Right, yeah. Like, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's something true to about, like, man, we put so much into things that aren't literally real. Mm-hmm. Like companies and brands right. and toys and trying to grapple with, like, well, what does it actually mean? Or does it mean anything? Or has it grown beyond, like, Again, it's a nut, like, again, three films this year, sitting in a desert, looking at what you've created and seeing what it's grown beyond. And it makes you think about just, like, how long Barbie's been here and how long mm-hmm. she will be here, long after you and me are gone. Oh, yeah. And, like, how we're all going to grapple with that right. forever. Exactly. <sighs> I mean, to get us back to Disney... One of my favorite little stories is Walt Disney. I believe it was he was watching To Kill a Mockingbird with his, like, family. And apparently he just shook his head and said to one of his kids, See, kid, I wish I could make movies like that. Mm. And I wish I could make movies like that. Yeah, me too. Shall we get back? Shall we leave (sighs) the theater? I guess we can, but you know me. I just might be back. <laughs> yeah. I think my exact words were, what if I just don't leave? Right? And even now talking about it, I'm like, I don't want to stop talking about it. <laughs> we have an anniversary to celebrate, damn it. Okay. With the Disney desk. Okay. Yes. Goodbye, theater. Let's get back to work. Okay, what an exhilarating time we had at the theater. Um, we are still buzzing from from our day at the cinema. But... My sense of color and perspective has completely been changed. Yeah, this movie cured my astigmatism. I... <laughs> I it hurts, better. but I can see it so hurts, much more. Yeah, everything is so ugly. <laughs> I hate it. Ah, <laughs> how have you all lived like this for decades? <laughs> Okay, yes. We have business to take care of here, people. It is our right. one this year is a anniversary. Show about kids and babies. Yes, stuff. this is journalism. Um so you know, those of you that follow us on our Instagram, 
um, know that we wanted to do sort of like an interview Q&A style for this this episode. So we did ask all of you four questions, and we will get to those later. They're very fun, and I can't wait for us to answer those. But in the meantime, Carter and I decided that um, it would be great to, for us to just sort of like interview each other and ask, ask each other um, some questions about our experience and and you know perhaps about the future and just about you know anything so i i have a couple i have a couple questions for you carter all right hit me okay so this this question is actually not too podcast related but i it's more about our friendship but but that's 100 percent. we're starting with that this is why i wanted to record this at night so we could drink i know okay this may be a hard question but do you remember your first impression of me Okay. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about our origin story. <laughs> Maybe, yes. Like, we were in a video production class. They actually made an end of, like, they created a new class because there right. were so many people who wanted to keep taking the course. Right. That they're like, oh, this could be independent study. And it's like, yeah, like our friend Nick went into broadcasting, you went into acting, mm-hmm. and I went into, like, theater and Writing. film production. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this tracks. Mm-hmm. And, well, one, I just remember you looked cool. Like, you had a sense, like, I'm like, especially because, like, I hadn't seen you, like, because I, you know, my circles had been basically the same the whole time. So seeing a new person who looks cool for me is always like a, ooh. And, like, you know, as someone who's not particularly cool or talented, I tend to gravitate toward cool or talented people. Okay. Um, And then I think it was just, like, the daily announcements, like, because we had to do the daily announcements. I think it's just those in-between moments where you're in between shots and just goofing around where I'm like, I like talking to this person. Okay, I will have to reach out to our old teacher. Um, should we say his name, Mr. Mahoney? Who, honestly, we like we can credit him with a lot of what we do now just because he very jokingly to us said that we should have our own talk show. like Right. And we were like, yes, we should. <laughs> and then we did. <laughs> um, yeah. I was going to say, because, like, during the, epi- like, in between when we're working on our different projects, it was usually us just, like, talking about movies and fashion right. and stuff. Right. But, like, so for context, like, when you're in video production, like, we had morning announcements that were, like, televised, essentially, like, in, within the school. Um, mm. And we would do that, like, different people in the class, like, there was, like, a rotation, like, who wants to read the announcements this morning? And, like, frequently for a bit, it was you and I doing them a lot. And, like, I wish... I I cut together a blooper reel of that year, and most of it was us. And I'm sure Mr. Mahoney has it. Um, we have to find it. We have to find it. Um, but also that... And, I mean, like, I don't want to put you on blast here, but, like, you, you did cast me in your film. <laughs> oh, Yes. <clears throat> which yeah, I love. Like, I have so much affection for that film. Like I, I loved doing that with you. That was like my first time really, really like working with you, like out outside of like reading, mm-hmm. reading off the teleprompter prompter together. Um, and and then we did like sports night together. Um, I mean, yes, that is my like core memory in terms of right. being like, oh, this is like my friend. This yes. isn't just a coworker. Right. Yeah, we're buddies now. <laughs> Yeah. So basically at our school, we had an event called Sports Night. Uh, it's like you have two different teams of all the seniors mm-hmm. and 
they do like mini games like tire pull or tug of war yeah, like or relay run into a trash games. can. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they liked having someone like, you know, it was a big production. We had all these different cameras because it's like a nice memory for the parents to have right. as like a video of their kid in high school. And I remember like I was adamant. I was like, well, you got to put me and Sydney together. Right. Um, <laughs> like I was like, if I can't have Nick, I got to have Sydney. Right. Exactly. And I remember his exact phrasing was like, all right, I paired you two together, but we need to have an understanding, Carter. <laughs> like, a lot of people are buying this as, like, a sweet memory of their kids, you know? This is, like, important to them. So I need to trust that if I put you on the air, you're not going to go off into Carter land. Mm-hmm. Um, which is his way of saying, you're weird and off kilter and you go on rambling tangents. Please don't yeah, do so that. Please don't. And I think... I think we had a good flow going, you know? Like, I think oh, we were, like, we playing were great. off of each other's jokes. Like, I think we did good, yeah. Yeah. Like, you went into, because there was a cheer routine, and you just started talking about, like, hey, I used to do cheer, and, like, you know, a lot of people don't consider it a sport. And we just had, like, a 10-minute talk talking oh, about yeah. your time and, like, the doing yeah. cheerleading. Right. And I was like, man, look at us actually being, like, commentators. We're journalists, Yeah. <laughs> And that's when I was like, oh, we have something here. Right, yeah. And then, yeah, we were just good friends. Like, and even better friends and then best friends. Yeah. After that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, you know, we kept talking, like, when I went off to NYU and you went off to college for a bit. Mm -hmm. And, like, then one day, like, sophomore year, I invited you to go see Moana because I got an early screening. Oh, that fateful day. Yes. Yes. And that kind of locked us in. I feel like right. that's when I was like, okay, this is like a ride or die friend. This wasn't yeah. just a high school friend. Yeah, I canceled a dentist appointment and it was really difficult to reschedule. <laughs> I don't know why I have such vivid memories of that day, but well, I know why, because that was the day of the election results in 2016. It was like we were all coming to terms with with our new And I was reality. like, well, this is why we have fail safes. This is why we, and I was like, oh, <laughs> you institutionalist Eric Carter. <laughs> yes. Um so my question is what motivated because I'm going to say us restarting the podcast. We had a version back in the past and I think we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. But like what motivated you to restart it basically like this post well post vaccine pandemic like right. what motivated you to get the podcast back started? What like because we are always talking. What specifically right. triggered you to be like, all right, it's time. We got to come back. Well, like you said, like, just because we stopped recording it, like, we are always talking about, like, like the Disney desk is kind of going on 24-7. And some of that time we are recording it. Um, but a year ago, I just had so much change happening in my life like I I had so much like really intense stressful change going on and and that's that's normal that's that's life sometimes um the slate just gets like wiped completely clear and you're like at kind of ground zero if you will like with yourself and and um and sort of asking yourself like okay like this is square one like now what do I do with myself like you know and you know I mean that's a little more abstract but but I remember feeling like well first of all it's like I had always wanted to restart this like I had always wanted to restart this and we just didn't have the organization especially when I lived farther Mm -hmm. away 
Um, and we, we weren't totally clear on, like, how the logistics would work to, like, potentially do something virtual. Like, up until that point, right. we were depending on being able to do things in person. And yeah. I, like, I had always wanted to, like, continue doing the Disney desk, but there was just a pandemic. <laughs> like, like, that's kind of a big part of why it stopped. But when right. I moved back... Like, our last episode of the original era was us doing a Princess and the Frog episode. And I yeah. was wearing a mask because I was like, ah, better safe than oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so, so sort of, like, post-vaccine, like, I moved closer again, like, we live, like, minutes away now, and, and I just had, like, you know, I definitely just, like, needed an outlet uh, creatively somewhere, mm-hmm. um, but it just seemed like an opportune time, because suddenly I had a lot more, like, free time and freed up brain space, to like work on something else and I mean like I had you know like I I had started a production company like I I had kind of known what I was personally capable capable of um Mm -hmm. and I was like yeah I could apply all of that that I do for filmmaking to this so it's like so just like the, the pieces were there and and like I was ready to just like dive into something and and you were on board and so yeah that's what really that's that was probably my motivation of just like I really need to be like inspired and and excited about something new yeah I will say like to be perfectly candid it took me a little while to fully buy in yeah because I was like I like spending time with my friend I like doing stuff with my friend at the same time I was like I was like you know especially when I was editing those first couple episodes, which were challenging because, you know, it's harder to edit audio when we're both in the same room. I I do love, it's like, oh, being closer together, it's like, oh, we'll be able to meet up in person, record all the time. Then I'm like, no, no, actually, it's so much easier to do it remotely. Like, it just makes my life so much easier editing. Like, if there's something in the background, if one of us talks over the other a little too much, if, like, if I sniffle too much, like, and for a little bit, I was like, well, this is fun, but couldn't we just do this without recording it? And just seeing how, like, passionate you were about it. And then finally seeing, like, the fruits of the labor. Like, you definitely are the motivational spark of this. Where I'm like, I'm in now. Let's do, like, let's Mm. actually make this a thing. Yeah. And look at us now. (laughs) We're doing it, baby. Okay. My turn again? Yes. Okay. What is a Disney desk moment or or episode of ours that you feel the most proud of? Oh, man, that's an interesting one. I really like the Spider-Verse episode just because I really like some of the technical stuff I did on it. But in terms of, like, episodes, like, in terms of overall, I'm literally going through the episodes just trying to, like, spark the memory. But there, Mm -hmm. God, we've done so many episodes. That's a part of it. Mm -hmm. But, like... If I were to pick one, oh man, I'm very, very proud of the entirety of the DCOM uh, month. I think, or yeah. the Disney Channel month. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that was us at our best. It was us right. being goofy and playing off each other well, but also being like very studious and treating it like, mm-hmm. uh, like journalistic experiments. Right. I think that kind of captured like so much of what we love to do. Especially when you add the Patreon stuff where we're, like, imagining what, like, our day would be with um, Disney Channel. 
like I think it kind of brought us all of our favorite things into one big like one big month of just us mm-hmm yeah if I were answering that question I was actually like personally I feel the most proud of our 12 days of Podmas and mm. and I'm not even a big Christmas person I'm only saying that because it took for, for those of you that are like newer to the podcast like if you if you haven't scrolled all the way back to like around December we did an event called the 12 days of Podmas where we published 12 consecutive little mini like 10 15 minute episodes um in every day for 12 days leading up to Christmas day and it took like I'm just I'm most proud of that because it took so much work and like so much of our time like that that was kind of the 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 first time of of me really having to like gather my own like intellectual faculties here and like um stay organized and stay scheduled and focused and like that for me was like okay if we could have made that happen like we can probably make anything like that right. that was the olympics for us and like so so everything else like actually i want to say that like the way i structure the 12 days of pod of podmas like in terms of organization and planning that really set the framework for like how i would schedule all of the the way we would do the show mm-hmm. from there on out like so that really like helped us like find a blueprint for like how to produce a podcast and so I feel really proud of that yeah that really was like a ride or die moment in terms of like if we're bailing it's now right like exactly like if we're not completely committed to this as being a thing then right like you know no shame in it but we're gonna have you know this is where we tap out Exactly. And the fact that we gutted it out, it was like a big moment where I'm like, look at us, especially because that's when we really started to get consistent views Yeah. in terms of like, oh, look how many people are just tuning in to watch these little mini episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's, it's your turn, yes. Yes. Well, I was going to say, sort of building off the motivation thing, how have you stayed motivated throughout like all of this? Because, like, you know, it's been a grind. We've had to do a lot of episodes. We've had to think of a lot of topics. Mm-hmm. It's the simultaneous challenge of like Disney gives you so much to talk about, but then it's like, well, you have to think about what to talk about. Like, right. especially those months where we decided we want to do like really big topics, especially when we add the Patreon, cause that added so much Ooh. extra work. Yeah. How have you stayed motivated? Like what are your ways of getting like the spark? You know, um, I actually think that my motivation comes out of my enjoyment and interest level of like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because like I like we say, like we would be doing this anyway if if even if we weren't recording it and publishing it anywhere. Like we talk about we like talking about film, we like talking about animation, we like talking about Disney. And I I think a lot most of my motivation comes from like me just like being excited about whatever we're talking about and me like in enjoying our, our subject matter. And don't get me wrong, it's like some of our some of our the topics that we've covered I have been more excited about than others. Oh yeah. Um but overall it's just like I'm really I feel that like I just have like more energy like more or I should say more of my energy comes from just being really jazzed about like right whatever you know I've collected while we were researching or watching the film or the show or whatever it was it's really that for me what about you 
Yeah. I mean, I definitely think, I would argue that too, especially the back half, like this back half of the year, I feel like we've been so much better at only doing stuff we really, really want to do. There's never been, like, I feel like there's always the temptation to do episodes that are topical, like intentionally topical, not this accidental topical we keep falling cheeks backwards into. (laughs) Like, I feel like so many, especially when we do the themed month, because it really lets you be like, what is this one thing we want to get off our chest? Mm -hmm. Like so many of the topics we've been talking about as of late, I feel like we're both locked in. We're both very excited about. Mm -hmm. On top of the fact, like adding little, finding new ways to spin it up. Like you suggested we do um, Internet Minute. And um, let's go to the movies. Just finding ways where it's like, this is not just us talking about one thing. It's us just talking about art and why we like yeah, art. for sure. And I would argue, like, as stressful as, like, the extra editing for the Patreon can be, like, having these deep dive episodes where we can just get really nerdy about one individual movie and kind of, like, present our thesis statement mm-hmm. on it has been a huge boon for me as well. Yeah. Okay. My next question is, like... Um, it's like slightly abstract. Maybe it's confusing, but I'll explain. Um, it's what something, what is something we've covered that's surprised you the most? I mean, either positively or negatively it can be. So like something that we've watched that was like new to you that either surprised you how much you'd like it or surprised you at how much you sort of didn't like it or, or like, has there anything that has sort of like, or, or surprised you about how much we've had to say about something? Like, what's something that's been surprising to you? Oh, that's interesting. Because it is so funny. Every now and then you come into an episode and you're just like, God, I really don't know what I have to say about this episode. Yeah. And I'll inadvertently say something or you'll say something that just sparks, like, a new trail of thought. Mm-hmm. Like, where I'm like, well, hold on now. I think the easy answer for me, though, is... Um, it's either Over the Garden Wall or Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol, kind of coming from wow. two different places. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's A Christmas Carol was something I was convinced I would hate. And literally just hearing you talk about it. And it's so interesting because so often I advocate for movies based on like a specific vision or like, well, here's the intent and let's focus on how it executes the intent. Mm-hmm. Having someone else articulate that to me was very exciting and eye-opening because it's like, it feels like you're seeing, like you're like you couldn't understand this text and they finally taught you the language for it. Mm. That's a good point. And then over the garden wall, it's just was exciting just because it was this thing that I've been sitting on for so long that I've been wanting you to see. And I think that's the first never seen we ever did. Yes. I think so. It was so exciting having someone come back, come to something you've loved with fresh eyes and present it in a new light to you. Yeah. Yeah. If I were answering this question, I was actually, like, Over the Garden Wall was a big contender of something that, like, from an aesthetic point of view, I knew that I would enjoy it, but, because I enjoy lots of Cartoon Network things, but, like, I'm obsessed with it. Like, I am, I, it, it, it took me off guard how, like, deeply in love I fell with Over the Garden Wall, and mm-hmm. I revisit it regularly. Um, and, like, otherwise, I, you know, I was actually going to say something like, luck of the irish um because i think i totally underestimate how how badly things age <laughs> right i mean we we cover disney something that we've been watching since we were small and we just sort of rely on this existed for a century right like we we rely on like a lot of our memories of things and i mean i guess a lot of disney channel month can be 
can be roped back into that of like um of being surprised to to return to to things that I thought I knew and now that I am mm-hmm. an adult I see totally differently. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's like it's one of the nice things about growing up with something. You have different angles you can take it. Right. Um okay, here's an kind of an abstract one. So you mentioned you have your own production company. You work in like arts, you work in modeling mm-hmm. and like I nominally work in writing and theater and stuff. Do you feel like that ever changes your approach to like episode topics? Do you ever feel like you're changing? <laughs> like, I guess both in the sense of like, do you think it changes how you analyze things? Cause you think about the people who work on them or do you change your opinions just cause you're like, ah, I should probably not say something that mean about a person or a thing. <laughs> you know, I'm, that's a really interesting question. Um, I actually, it's, it's kind of, I, I kind of do find myself being less openly critical of like other industry professionals. Um, not because I don't have those criticisms of certain people or certain actors or certain directors or writers or anything, but you just never know who you'll cross paths with, paths with in the future. Mm. And, like, the more I kind of progress in my career, the yes, I do find myself sort of being less willing to, like, call people out. Unless you worked on Lightyear, then shame on you. Oh, even that. Like, I kind no, of forget how mean yeah. we were in that episode. We were. Only because it's, like, <laughs> honestly, and it's even less the podcast and more just seeing, like, I hate to, like, call out the Snyder heads. And I love with the Barbie movie, everyone's, like, Huh, no one laughed in my theater, so we win. It's like, do you understand what? that like the Snyder Cut has such little social impact that 90% of the people who hear that don't, joke are literally like, what does that mean? Don't get the joke. Most of the people don't yeah, get that joke. Like, what is a Snyder Cut? Yeah. And if they know it, it's because they saw it on Twitter once and we're like, eh, that's weird. Right. Um, but like, I guess like my point is, like so many people in like the age of the internet assume like nefarious intention of artists or creators Mm -hmm. or like oh they're making this look bad on purpose or they're doing this bad on purpose like the way people talk about vfx companies um like there was a recent discussion with adam conover where he kind of put his foot in his mouth and are just like really trashing vfx artists and it's like hey man if they had the time it would look better and i think that's where i'm getting at where it's like no one wakes up and goes i'm going to spend x amount of years of my life god knows how much money that doesn't belong to me right yeah, to make a to piece make something of shit. disgusting. Yes, no right? one does like, that. Like every film starts out with the best of intentions for mm-hmm. the most part. Even studio mandated films, the people who are working on them are like, "Well, we can still make something cool." Yeah, like no one wakes up decides to make garbage. And I think adding that nuance and trying to approach it, well, what were they going for, and right. why did it not quite work out? Exactly. It's not about. It's about like. It's about empathy, basically. Yes, yeah. Like, very few people... Well, there's a lot of bad people in this industry. Well, but yeah, in terms but... of, like, the people... Most of the people we talk about, it's more just like, hey, maybe something didn't work out on this film. Exactly, One thing yeah. went wrong, and it just kept it from being good as it could have been. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah. it be nice if all films were good? Right. Yeah, at this point, we just like to joke about how... About our reaction to Lightyear. But you're absolutely right. Right. Um, in having empathy for people putting a lot of time and money into, like, trying their best, and sometimes it just misses the mark, yeah. It could happen to any um, of us. It could it could and will happen to you and I, you know? Almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah, 
I also forget how mean we were on that Star Wars episode. It's I feel like it's kind of a part of the reason why I don't want to talk Star Wars for a while. One, because we just talked about it so damn we much. Because talked about also, Star like, Wars so much. And listen, we, we I got almost... very mean about J.J. Abrams, and I do regret that a little bit. <laughs> Did you? I don't even remember that. Um, but yeah, we, yeah, we that, put our I, viewers... I kind of went off the rails on that bit. We've put, we put our viewers through enough Star Wars to hold them over for a while, okay? Um, all right, <laughs> what's your next question? This is, this is my last question that I have, personally. Mm. Um, what's one goal you have for our future? I go back and forth on this so much. Because I have made jokes about, like, oh, I want to become an official Disney podcast or mm-hmm. something. And it's like... I mean, it's kind of what you've always said. Like, we would be doing stuff like this even if it wasn't on mic. And, like, the fact that we call ourselves a Disney desk is almost incidental. Yeah. It's just because we like alliteration and Disney's a good springboard to talk about a lot of things. Right. Like, I want us to be able to be independent. I want us to be able to flourish on our own terms. Mm. Like, where we can be journalists while still having a career. Right. That we can, like... You know, because I take pride in being someone who talks about art, like who wants to make art, but at the same time, like sells people on other people's art, convinces other people of art's worth. I think if we can just keep doing this on our own terms, I would be pretty happy. But that's a boring, lame answer. Um, Like You're supposed to say, I want to go to Disney World. Well, yes. But at this point, I'd settle for some Dole Whip. Um, But... I think it would be very fun in the future to have a cameo in an animated movie. <laughs> have enough of a reputation that some studios like, can you come in and do the like, next Wreck-It Ralph? A two-minute gag. <laughs> yes, exactly. Move what over, Colleen Ballinger. Yeah. W- no, just edit us into the movie. Yeah, don't just cut her just out. Just fix it. <laughs> Special edition. This shit. Exactly. No one will be mad. There's like seven <laughs> versions of Across the Spider Verse now because they right. can decide. <laughs> Um, I have a very specific goal. Um, I hope that we at some point make enough money to be able to like employ people to do a lot of the hard work. Mm. <laughs> like I, I would love to like hand over a lot of this organizational responsibility to somebody else. I Maybe you feel the same way about the editing. Oh yeah. It would be so nice if we had like a team and that was outside of just you and me um and that like if we could just be focused on like doing our own research and just like being the on-air talent that that's that's when you know that's the dream baby like i would just like to um have less like like a clerical work to do (laughs) that that's that's my goal i actually have an expansion off of that oh i would love to someday have like some podcasts have bits where someone will animate their bits. Oh my gosh. Like yes. if they have a really funny section, I think that would be very fun to have someday. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Um, if we can ever like commission an animator to just do silly. Right. I just like imagining the, and this is where Carter steps away from the mic as to not destroy his microphone. <laughs> yes. And then just seeing a little cartoon Carter waddle into the distance. Right. Ah! <laughs> Those are some of my favorite moments yeah i was gonna say that might just be my last question what is your one favorite individual joke or moment what is something (laughs) you think about even a year after we've done it oh my gosh that's that's really tough um because we have a lot 
of we have good a lot ones. Of we have a lot of episodes, and we, and we have a lot of like good moments. The 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 first time you did the Carter steps away from the mic, <laughs> um, bit, uh, but I I'm I also still really giggle at what we said what I said in our last episode about Anna having that dog in her, um that the I that I posted to. Did I post that to Instagram? Yeah, Maybe. you did. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, oh man, I that that's so that's so tough because like we're very funny. Yeah, every now and then, like again, <laughs> I know it's this whole episode is us just like like getting our jelly beans and patting ourselves on right, the back. Right, like we're fucking <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, we're we're very funny, um, and. I don't like yeah, and and every episode there's something really hilarious. I feel like there's something in SpongeBob, in during our SpongeBob month, or maybe that was just us laughing at SpongeBob. But, <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, wait. What would you say? Well, I will say at the risk of being hokey and sentimental, like, like the fact anytime I can make you crack up, like anytime <laughs> yeah. I can just watch the screen and see you just losing it, I'm like, I did something good today. Right. Um. Mine, I think it's because it, it it sums up our friendship in the goofiest, silliest way. It was me doing the entire Muppets introduction, oh, the entire yeah. song, and you just sitting there quietly for half a second and going, shut the fuck up. <laughs> that one? And it's like, all you need to know about our friendship is that. <laughs> that even surprised me, especially because we were with our friends, um, CastPod, um, and like they were just going along with it like i think that's what yeah. like really took like the like you start singing like a whole song and you go into like a second verse and like they're just like dancing along with you and i was like am i crazy like what is going on here like am yeah, i that's, the weird well, one well that's here? why you're my best friend because you know the right amount to enable me right exactly <laughs> yeah it, well, and it's funny because it tied all back to, like, when we first met. So many of those bloopers were me doing a stupid voice or doing something silly and you just being, like, Carter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's the other one. Well, also, there was one bit where I'm ham-boning, I remember, and you just go, like, all right. I remember that. Um, I'm being, like, I'm walking off It might have been the first clip we ever did when we just started Halloween, and I mentioned that I put candy corn in my cereal. And oh just hearing you go, Carter. <laughs> And yeah, I was like, so excuse mortified. me, like you're putting candy corn in your cereal? Yes, that was a good one. That was an early one for us. <laughs> yeah, again, just the, like if you need to know Carter and Sydney, that's a part of it. Right. <laughs> <sighs> Shall we get into the audience questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Oh, pull that. Hold on. Okay, these are fun. Okay, are you ready for our first question? Hit me. So, this listener asks, how much prep time does Carter take for intros, and how many does Sydney know about beforehand? Um, so, well, to answer question, my half of well, the question, yeah. let me just say that like the only times I am aware of what's going to happen before it happens is if it involves me like as if he needs to be like cued in like if i if he asked me to like give a line reading <laughs> that those are the only instances where i like have a clue of what's going to happen and even then like i don't totally know where he's going to like throw in the word podcast 
or like or just like change I want the purest something. reactions possible. Correct. So most of the time I am unaware. Um, Carter, I'll let you answer your half of the question. Honestly, right off the dome, baby. Um, it really nine is. times out of ten, it's something I think of at the eleventh hour, or it just comes to me as if the muses are singing their <laughs> like, artistic song, and I'll just be like, "Remember that." Every, right. every now and then, the tenth, I will sit down and write only because it's like, "Well, this won't work if I don't remember it word for word." Right. <laughs> okay. Some of these questions are. Um, I'm just going to skip around. Like, some of these questions are kind of insane. So, here's mm-hmm. the first off-the-wall question. Who wins in a fight? One Korg or 100 Porgs? 100 Porgs. Korg? Yeah, like, because Porgs are unpredictable. Korg is too much oh, of a yeah. pacifist to actively target something smaller than him. Right, yeah. He would He would let them win. He would just lay down and, and allow them to, yeah. Who knows yeah. what Porgs Whereas, are capable of? They have teeth, don't yeah, they? They're t- yeah, they're tearing up the Millennium Falcon to make a nest out of wires. They're, right. They don't care. Exactly. What a question. <laughs> I know. Um, I like this next question. What is or are your snacks of choice when seeing a movie? We have a very specific... Easy answer for this question dear listener we have like a ritual when it comes to our like movie theater snacks specifically one of our favorite snacks of all time that we just like need to be eating it to see a movie at least i do i need to be eating this thing to be seeing a movie in theaters yes so obviously the large popcorn because you can get the refill. Right. That has changed a little bit over the years because right. I'm a lot smaller than I used to be and my body right. can't handle <laughs> as much. Right. Um, for me, the drink is always a blue icy, which oh. is a problem because Regal doesn't do blue anymore. They do Mountain Dew instead because they're Pepsi Cola now. Wow. An outrage. So I just go to Taco Bell after and get it. Right. For for me personally, well, so like about a, a few months ago, I had to go completely gluten-free but before that i always would get the soft pretzels like the soft pretzel bites that comes with cheese i have had to say goodbye to my soft pretzels um and i usually get like a small popcorn and a small soda that is the size of my face um it's not small at all and and uh It's usually, like, a root beer or something like that. But, like, yeah. I, again, since my, like, dietary needs have changed, some like, that's changed. I've been drinking a lot of water in theaters. Anyway, the 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 piece de resistance snack that we get... That links us. That, yes. that links us, that is the symbol of our friendship, um, is a package of sour Skittles. Like, I could go without anything else. I need my sour Skittles, baby. Yeah, and you completely sold me on this because you were always getting them, and mm-hmm. finally I'm like, I should try them. Because I used to never get candy. I get, like, more just because my dad's like, we already got the popcorn. Right, right. No, it's it's Sour Skittles is, like, the snack. Like, that's the thing that mm-hmm. that makes or breaks the whole experience. <laughs> right, especially because they're weirdly rare now. You can't just get them anywhere. Right? Like, they feel... It's one of those things where you're like, well, you can eat this out of a movie theater, but why would you? Yeah. I even did research. Like, I was like, what am I missing here? And and I did find something about, like, the formula kind of changing and then them, like, being 
re not recalled but like when they changed the formula like there was like a period of like six months where they just like weren't restocking them until they like remade them and then they were then they continued like but yeah for a while we just couldn't get them and that was very devastating yes but yeah that combination popcorn sour skittles icy just pure sugar and fat it's the embodiment of the movie american movie experience right exactly okay um, what is your earliest Disney memory? Oh, uh, I believe that would be either Disney on ice or we would have these plushies of all the Jungle Book characters because my dad did business with Disney once and as a gift, they're like, here, here's a bunch of plushies for the Jungle Book. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so we had them in the house. Uh, eventually, poor King Louie became a chew toy for my original dog, little Ricky. Mm-hmm. Um, but he lives on in the hearts of children everywhere. There you go. For me, um, that's that's tough because like Disney just always has just always been a thing in my life. Um, we did. I, I will say my first trip to Disney World in Florida, which was when I was a, around five or six years old. Um, yeah, I must have been, again, so many... <laughs> the thing about being a millennial is that, like, your memories are just inexplicably tied to nine eleven, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> and so, like, that. this was... I just know that this was the same school year as nine eleven, um, But, so, yeah, we were... That, but this was my first time going, and I'll say um, specifically when I waited in line to meet Ariel. Um, and this is this is a memory that, like, my, my mom tells this story a lot um, because she just tells the story of it being, like, disgustingly hot. It was, it was extreme heat that day, and we waited in this, like, really long line. And then when we got to the front of the line, they were like, Ariel's going for a swim. She'll be back in 20 minutes. So she, like, went on break. <laughs> and, like, when it was, like, my turn, she, like, went on this break. And then, um, but, but you know, it's, 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 it's more special when, like, when parents are, like, you know, have, have these memories on behalf of their children. Because, like, when she finally came out, you know, my, I don't really remember this that much, um, but my mom said that, you know, she had treated me as if I was the only person she was seeing that day. Like, um, as if, like, she had all of the time in the world. And I had these, like, dolls with me. And she, like, played with me, like, with them. And, like, as if she had all day to to sit with me. Like, there was absolutely no rush. And um, it was just this, like, really special like magical moment and it's why those performers need to be paid as much as is possible <laughs> because I think they you ever told me that story i never told you that yeah that's that's definitely that that trip in general but yeah i i definitely credit that with being one of my earliest like disney stories for sure um okay here's another curveball what is the closest thing to the LeBron versus Jordan debate in the Disney universe? <laughs> uh, okay, I kind I know who said this because I'm very famous LeBron mm-hmm. guy. Ah, oh, that's tough. Okay, what would that be? I'm like I. Why do I have feel like this has to do with like Elsa? 
honestly, Frozen versus Tangled yeah. in terms of the modern you're, era. You're right, yeah. It's like... Like, I did not realize how heated that was for the longest time. Right. Yeah, honestly, there there really is no direct competition within the Disney universe. Like, except for that. Except for, yeah, Tangled versus Frozen in general. I mean, maybe Disney versus Pixar in general, but that's just, it's like, Are they well, ever Disney was really into other? dumps when Pixar was ascending. Yeah, like, I, I don't know that I would ever consider those being in competent like they've just always complemented one another so right it's got to be just yeah tangled versus frozen in general like that's that's the closest thing i can think of and then maybe like the 90s princesses but like the debates between them don't get as heated it's more just like look at this cool pool of characters right um okay you know what it is it's me versus tarzan yes that's sure yeah Let's just do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. And our friends gave us some fun questions. They did, yeah. We still have a couple more. Um, so this listener asks, what is the Disneyest thing in your bedroom? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I have all my playbills. That's pretty Disney. Um, either that or my crochet porg. Oh, that's fun. I have a little crochet porg from one Christmas. Um, this is tough for me because when I moved, like, most of my belongings and a lot of my, like, fun keepsake things are in storage, like my Funko Pops and, like, stuff, my collectible items. But I do have, um, this massive, like, giant coffee table book that is called The Art of Walt Disney, um, oh. And it has a, a bunch of his paintings, like, or, like, Disney paintings and, and stuff in it, like, from the classic films and things like that. And it's, like, a massive coffee table book. Um, a lot of my stuff is in storage, but that's 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 probably it, yeah. I'm looking around trying to find... I know, me too. Like, that was a really good question. Um, my original copies of Kingdom Hearts 1 two, and 2 are yeah. pretty prominently displayed. Or my mug, my Disney 100, the exhibition mug. Or the head of Ka, the plush snake, murdered by my aforementioned dog, Little Ricky. Or the frozen head of Walt Disney that I keep under my bed at all times. Yeah. Dude, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. It's really starting... Like, I like hanging out with you, man, but it's, like, real dank in there now. Oh. Like... You gotta get more ice, or like I'm gonna have to get one get of those garage freezers. Yeah, like I mean, having one of those is a big red flag for a number of reasons, but having well, it in this situation is already pretty. Fun. I mean, it's technically nobody's business, so that's fine. Um, okay, next question. Um, aliens invade. If you make them cry, they will spare us. What five minutes or less Disney scene do you show? You just gotta pull out the Bambi. Well, do you think do you think aliens we, care about count, deers? Do they have contacts for deers? See, yeah. I take the stance that like alien planets probably just look like ours because I'm like, well, how many more variants on carbon based life forms can you make? Right. But, um, hmm. Well, if it's mainline Disney. If it's mainline Disney, I would probably do something from Beauty and the Beast just for the sheer pageantry. Like, just be like, look at the amazing thing we can create. Us, these flawed, messy people. 
and make something this beautiful. If I'm allowed to do anything Disney, probably the ending of Coco. Oh my gosh. And appeal to the universal truths of music and memory. <laughs> yes, that's, I forgot all about how sad Coco is at the end. I mean, five minutes or less, I was going to say like, okay, just show them the montage of Carl and Ellie in Up. That people. That, no, that, I'm not. I, my stances on Up are clearly you don't spelled like out. Up, I'm not putting the fate of the planet on Up's shoulders. most other people do, and most other people cry during that part. And look, you got five yeah. minutes, like... Well, I'm the wackadoo scientist who outsmarts the aliens. Okay. Like, I think differently, so that's why I saved the day. Right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> okay. Um, hold on. We we don't have many left. We only, only a couple more. Yeah, I'm recharging my headphones. This episode will have a bunch of editing, but that's okay. Wait, okay, who ended up by the Korgs? Hold on. I think there's only one left. Where did I put it? Here it is. There. Okay. Last question from our audience. If you were the main character of a Disney movie, what would the, excuse me, what would be the plot? Oh, that's easy. Basically, Cats Don't Dance, but in New York. What's Cats Don't Dance? I think it's a Warner Brothers, or it's Ardman. It's about cat. It's about anthropomorphic animals in Hollywood, and like they're trying to make it on the big stage, but the the old guys <laughs> won't let them in. I mean, granted, it's a very racially coded movie, so maybe I would. So it would be we wouldn't do as much problematic racial coding because I'm white. Right. But, um, yes, it's a very cute movie. Um, we might have to do it as like a random. If we have a month where we just really don't have any topics we're passionate about, I might suggest we watch Cats Don't Dance. It's really I've cool. I think you'll like it. Literally never heard that title before in my life. It's uh, I it's uh, Turner. It's Warner Brothers. Oh, I see. Everything makes more sense when you use the like big wig like voice that you do. Yeah. It is very old Hollywood. I think right. you'll get because it's like a it's a love letter to old Hollywood uh, cast. Gotcha. Don't dance. Okay. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Gotcha. I see. But yeah, basically that, but on a Broadway stage, which I also realize is basically better Nate than Never, which was a very cute oh, live action movie they put on Disney Plus for some reason. I mean, if I were the main character of a Disney movie, it would just be a pretty classic princess story. I mean, let's be real. Yeah, no frills. Let's be honest. No about frills, it. princess, fairy godmother. Have a nice day. Put me in a dress well, and co- send me to the ball. Yeah, and I love in my head. I'm imagining myself as an anthropomorphic animal, and you just get to be pretty. Mm-hmm. Which feels like it matches our energies, right? Yeah, I'm the I'm the Pumbaa to your Tiana. The Pumbaa to my Tiana. I didn't know Tiana had a Pumbaa. Everyone has a Pumbaa. That's true. Pumbaa's for everyone. You're probably right. Okay, thank you to everyone who asked these great questions. Um, we really appreciate it. And you know what? On that note, like, it wouldn't be an anniversary if we did not thank all of our listeners. Because all these questions came from people who listen to the show. So, um, mm-hmm. like... I mean, thank you for listening to the show. For those of you that have joined us more recently, for those of you that have been here since the beginning, 
for those of you that have joined recently and went back and listened to everything from from the beginning, thank you for doing that. That is amazing. And it's it's honestly so, so rewarding that people actually really enjoy our show. Right. Like, you know, we keep saying, like, if we weren't recording this, it would still be going on. Mm -hmm. But the fact that people take time out of their day to, like, comment or think about what we've said or debate us while we're doing other things. Right. Like, it does make, it does make it worth it. Um, yes. If I can get a little hokey and sentimental because we've reached the time where we give our grandstanding speeches, like, I don't know. It, for me, because you talked about, like, this was, this came at a time when you needed change. I mean, I feel like the same way. We're, mm-hmm. as the accidental topical kings i think it's really interesting that we came into this podcast during like kind of a big milestone moment for disney and by extension animation but also like this weird flux period for the industry we're getting to cover like sort of this moment where we're simultaneously looking back at like what's been made and looking forward and not seeing what's getting made Mm -hmm. and you know for my life that's a part of it too like as i've talked about with like my you know my home situation helping my dad like Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a lot of times where I just don't really know what's coming and I've kind of had to commit to being uncertain and at times unhappy with no guarantee that that'll change. Um, Right. You know, if I could, again, I hate to be so, you know me, I'm an overly emotional biatch. Um, (laughs) This Barbie, this Barbie cries a lot. Um, (laughs) He eats jalapeno poppers sometimes, even though he's on a diet nominally. Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, it's been difficult because, like, I've kind of, by force and by acts of nature, had to, like, change a lot of the way I saw my future going, you know, mm. change a lot of who I thought I was or who I wanted to be to the point where, like, you know, it's difficult. Like, you know, sometimes you look in the mirror and you're like, am I still me under all of this? Mm-hmm. Like, is the person I liked before all of this still there? Or if I, like, mm-hmm. got split open, would it just be not there anymore and the thing I keep coming back to the podcast which gets me like motivated to edit that gets me motivated to research that gets me motivated to like make notes is like the one thing I always rely like the one thing that everyone always says they like about me is like passion that I get really fired up about things that I get very like adamant and like advocating and like strong about like art and the purpose of art and especially animation like Mm -hmm. if there's one mantra that overhangs this entire show it's the idea that like this stuff matters right like these things these things are a part of our lives they're a part of like the american culture like these deserve to be taken seriously as art and deserve to be analyzed as art and deserve to be advocated for and discussed and broken down and the fact that every thursday once or twice that day, I can, like, still scream at the top of my lungs from a safe enough distance as to not destroy my microphone right. and talk about why I love this stuff so damn much. It's like, well, I'm not licked yet. Carter's right. still here. Absolutely. And for having a space to do that and to have a space to spend time with my best friend, mm-hmm. thank you, Sydney, and thank you all so much for letting us do that. Yeah. I mean, you, you said... You said everything that I I could say. I I won't add any more to that. That's that that's just about it. Thank you, Carter. Um, 
for doing what we would just do anyway, and you know, for being my best friend in the world. Um, and I, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm like really excited for the next year. Honestly, like I've never been more excited to do the podcast. Yeah. Um, the last couple months in particular have been electrifying. Yes. And what's awesome about having a hundred years of history to dig through is there's absolutely even better stuff to come. Without question. Yeah. Uh, all right, enough sentimental. Uh, what are the bits? What are our other bits? We have to play all the hits. What haven't we done yet? Um, we did inside baseball. We did inside we baseball. Did you, did, you, we did you ribbing me lightly. Um, yes. <laughs> I did an opening. I did two openings. Um, oh, hold on. Let me get away from the mic. the screen. Oh, no. It's coming. Ah! <laughs> okay. We have another episode to record today. I can't blow up my voice. Right, right. Okay, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> um, you know, we'll never talk about Star Wars again. Uh, yeah, no, we're done with that. Get over it, listeners. Um, all right, you got your Star Wars. <laughs> all right, everyone. For Until we're back here next August celebrating year two of the Disney desk, our Dumbo year. <laughs> I'm Carter. And I'm Sydney. And have a magical day. Thanks for listening. The Disney Desk is brought to you by Carter and Sydney. Follow us on Twitter at Disney Desk for the latest updates about the show. Want more of the most magical podcast on earth? The Disney Desk is now on Patreon. For exclusive weekly bonus content from us, go to patreon.com slash Disney Desk and become a patron for as little as $3 a month. Thank you. We just made noise. For... <laughs> they were like, oh, Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. Barbie, uh, Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. I'm pulling my hair, like, out. Barbie. Just... <laughs> I'm, I'm a weird Ken now. <laughs> oh, that fucking sugar oh, daddy bit. Weird Ken. No, 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 no. That and 
how dare you think this can be a company about Ken? This is about girl. I've dedicated my life to making the wishes and dreams of girls come true in the oh, least weird way, way you could possibly imagine. Oh my gosh. I, I am always, I keep quoting, um, hey kids, it's depression Barbie. <laughs> like, she wears sweatpants all day and night. <laughs> They're fucking insane for just stopping the for movie just having for an five ad. minutes. Because it's the like, we haven't done anything like that for the whole movie. No, and what then are you doing? just be like, she ate a family-sized bag of Starburst, and now her jaw is killing her. <laughs> like, <it's> just... <laughs> I'm like, amen, sister. I grew just... out of that life, but you stay there as long as you can. Include a clip of the Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculous. That's also like, I'm like, Warner Brothers, you have the budget and you have the catalog. <laughs> like, this is more effective than Space Jam just right. shoving references in. Just have weird moments where other movies it's are there. Exactly, right. <laughs> But, like, I love that people are, like, down on Will Ferrell's performance. But at the same time, I'm like, what? this is a glue that's keeping all this shit together. Like, His none best of this role works if is president business. Insane. Like, just keep making exactly. him president business. Right. You're like, oh, right. Companies <clears throat> are run by man children. Right. It's the glue that holds all of this farce together. It doesn't work if the real world's normal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I love that it also has that, like, old Hollywood ending of everyone just coming together and being like, well, we sure solved that. Well, what about you, main character? What right, do you exactly, want? <laughs> exactly. And the fact that they acknowledge, because I like, because that moment where she first sees Ruth is like this beautiful, sweet moment. Oh yeah. And then she comes back, and I assumed it was going to be like, oh, only Barbie sees her. The fact that they fucking acknowledge it and goes, oh yeah, her ghost keeps it. Oh, on the 17th floor. floor. What the fuck? I How, I want to know who in her estate to, right approved of that. I had to like warm up to like the Ruth character because like. When I first saw her as, like, a homely grandma, I was like, that lady went to jail. <laughs> well, I love the other that They're like, oh, I have problems with taxes. Like, this is, that, a, that this is a fiercely competitive business lady who did some shady dealings and did not pay her taxes and went to prison. So, <laughs> I mean, like, she's not a grandma. I mean, again, glass houses. Walt <laughs> named names during the Red Scare. Well, you know. from unionizing. Gotta so. do what you gotta do, I guess. Um, like, I mean, but she's a girl boss. She, she's the epitome Ruth Handler is Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. Hell yeah. I mean, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather her steal her taxes and not have them go to bombs. Exactly, yeah. Should we keep all this in? Yeah. I might just cut this and put it in an after credit scene. Yes, please do. <laughs> but, like, again, they're fucking nuts for that. Yes. To actually be like, yes, I created Barbie. Yes, I am the ghost um, of... <laughs> And also, my one nitpick is, after she says that line, I kind of wish instead of when Barbie's like, yes, I want to be real, I kind of wish she, like, walked into the light and then looks back to see Ruth. But again, that's me being a dramatic theater bitch. Sure. And being like, wouldn't it have been cool to have that moment where she looks back to see how far she's come? Right. And I'm like, yeah, but that's the same energy when you're, like, you want the singer on stage to run into a spotlight and, like, be at the very front of the stage. Right. That's just, that's a me thing. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll, I'll find a place to put all this. This is actually, this is the most coherent we were the entire time. I know. Time. I don't know what's wrong. Yeah, we had to warm up. Um, okay. That's why I had to write notes. Um, I didn't write notes for Good Burger, though. That's because that thing is just. I that, That's going to be nonsense. more incoherent of just like. That's weed. <laughs> welcome to Good Burger. <laughs> is it all because right, I'm black? <laughs> That gets me. Every that time. kills me every goddamn time. Especially just the look Keenan has on his face, where he's like, Are... "Because I'm black." Yeah, I. I mean, it's like Shaq said, oh "You're my... not like normal people. You're not like other we... people, are you?" 
I that's a meme when he's reading the contract and he's like, I know some of these words. <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know some of these words. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Okay. Uh, we can't burn all of our good good burger taste. We gotta right. save them. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. <clears throat> you ready to go? Yes. All right. Do you uh, want to start us off, or should I? Yeah, I can. I'll intro us back in, and then. Okay. Oh fuck! I should have done a Snow White intro. That would have been clever. Although I guess they didn't make Snow White in their first year. I digress. Yeah. <laughs>